Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. Sustainable Stories is here to bring you the stories behind sustainability in our communities. From big to small, practical to theoretical, we're exploring the people and projects that are working to make our world a more sustainable, equitable, and healthy place to live. Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. My name is Jenna Inglot, and I will be your host for today's episode. I'm really excited to have with me today Kelsey Watson Daniels, who is the lands technician for Mistawasis Nehewak. So, welcome, Kelsey. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me. So, Kelsey, just to start us off, can you just share a, a little bit about who you are and and some of the work that you do? Well, uh, my name is Kelsey Watson Daniels. I am from Mistawasis Nahiwik. Um, my official title with the First Nation is Lands Officer, Technician, Taxation Administrator. And I live on Mistawasis. I currently just like moved here like within the past, what is it now, two weeks. So kind of settling in. Uh, but I've been with Mistawasis for just about four years now. And I also sit on the board for Saskatchewan Aboriginal Land Technicians, uh, SALT for short. Cool. That's awesome, Kelsey. And so you, you mentioned, so both your role with Mr. Oasis um, and with SALT are, are around lands and this term land technician. Can you chat a little bit more for those of our listeners who may be not familiar with that? Um, what what exactly does that mean? And, and what are some of the things that you, you do within your role? Uh, for the First Nation, for Mr. Oasis, I more or less manage the lands. Uh, so, like, if you're gonna if if you're gonna take Mr. Wasses as a whole, uh, it's comprised up of it's comprised up of two things. It's comprised of the members and the land. When you take a look at Mr. Wasses, so that just kind of shows how big of a part lands is within the reserve. And what I do is we do managing of the leases, managing of the permits, uh, managing of the lands, uh, environmental protections. We do uh, registering of the permits, um, talking to other governments, uh, the neighboring municipalities such as Leask or Canwood. Uh, that's who we deal with. And uh, pretty much anything that goes on the land that would probably come across our our office. and we would have our input and what we, I guess, how we would, uh, how we would uh, go, go forward with developing because everything kind of starts off in lands. Mm -hmm. So we have the, we have an integral part of development on reserve and as well as uh, off reserve on our uh, ATR, our addition to reserve land. And uh, Mr. Wasis Nihiewik, we are an FNLM uh, band, First Nations uh, Lands Management Act. So we did pass our land code in April, April of 2017. So just before I started here. So that gives us that gives us uh, control over our First Nation in terms of uh, in terms of lands, as opposed to being under a regime like Arlemp or INAC or ISC for that matter, I guess now is what they call themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it gives us a lot of control we're able to create our own laws uh, our, our own protection laws and that is a big part of uh, lands and how we work with uh, 
I guess, uh, protecting our lands. Right, right. Yeah. So a big shift in terms of the the management practices, I'm sure. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. As a, yeah. As opposed to uh, having to run everything by uh, through the government there, ISC, mm-hmm. having to go through every step with them and then in the end waiting on their, I guess, um, on their time for when we wanted to get projects done or when, when we want to get studies done or so it's, 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 it's been a big change. Um, uh, funny thing is Mr. Wasses is actually part of the land code and under Arlem because of a pre-existing road issue. Okay. So we, so the majority of our lands is under land code, but there's a few section, a few quarter sections of land that along our main road, because of a surveying issue, we are under Arlem. So we do deal with both of them in a sense, mm-hmm. but for the majority of the reserve, it's, uh, we have uh, control over it. Okay. Okay. And so I'm curious, Kelsey, about that process. Like, um, you know, the, the, so the land code at Mr. Wasis and, and the development practices. So I'm just curious about what that looks like. If, you know, if you guys have, um, like a plan in place for development and, and how that works in terms of engaging with, you know, yourself as staff and leadership and, and the community. Um, yeah. So what does that look like to, to sort of determine what the future of a, of a piece of land is, is going to look like? Well, on Mr. Losses, uh, we are, we are located, we are located about an hour and a half north of Saskatoon and 45 minutes west of Prince Albert. Um, we're kind of in the area where we're just on the edge of the uh, Canadian Shield. So we do have uh, we do have forested lands. We do have lakes on our reserve, and uh, our reserve does have a lot of agriculture, which is our main uh, which is our main focus in lands at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, how we manage our lands is uh, we just finished our land use plan. A land use plan is essentially it is our plan of how we're going to delegate certain portions of the reserve to what kind of uh, industry. Or say, for instance, uh, we have uh, uh, sub uh, subdivisions or plots of land for for housing, um, spots for community purposes. Um, our school is part of uh, our school is sectioned off in our land use plan. Our forested areas are sectioned off in our land use plan for, I guess, for protection. So, if 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 we ever wanted to do some kind of a development on there, that it would have to go, that it would have to go through chief and council in order for it to get approved. And then with that, we would have to go through the members, the meeting of the members of whether or not we wanted to change that, uh, change that, uh, I guess that planning. So if we wanted to change something from agriculture to housing, we would have to have a meeting on that. Or if we wanted to have, or if we wanted to change something from, vice versa, uh, we would have to have a meeting on that because our land use plan is what guides us for our development. Right, right. And that land use plan was something that was a collaborative effort. So I guess, so if you're changing something, then it has to be a collaborative effort to change it again, it sounds like, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. That's really interesting. Um, so we've talked a bit about, you know, the development side and and and, and that piece. Um 
yeah, I'm, I'm curious what sort of projects or initiatives or different things that are, are going on at Mr. Wasis at the moment. Like if there's anything that you can um, share or any, any exciting projects that you're getting to work on. Uh, the one we, uh, the one we just finished here uh, last year, we did have a greenhouse project. Cool. So at the, we just had our high school that was uh, developed uh, or not developed. That was built in, I think it was a 2018 2018, it was a really quick, uh, it was was a really quick building of the high school. And uh, in 2020, we had our greenhouse initiative. So essentially, as we built a greenhouse, and we're going to be incorporating that into our school, into the high school, into our land based education. And we're also looking at getting into, uh, I guess, uh, fishing, uh, I guess, having one of those, I don't know how you the word is where you uh, farm fish inside uh, inside a big fish tank aquarium. I don't know what the exact wording is for that, but that's what we're uh, looking into as well. So we're going to have a greenhouse and uh, indoor cool. fishing. Cool. Actually, <laughs> no, that's okay. Actually, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we had someone on uh, as a guest who talked about aquaponics. So like growing yes. food... Is that it? Uh, yes, um, but with fish. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. So that's really interesting. Um, so when will that project be underway or moving forward? Um, I guess we're looking at getting it uh, uh, hopefully finished within this year. Um, uh, the first stage was getting the greenhouse built. Uh, we did uh, build a greenhouse, had a cement slab put down for that, and now we're going to be uh, working forward to the fish farm. Very cool. Um, I'm to get it done this year because yeah, I'm 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 quite curious about how that's gonna how that's gonna roll out, and uh, I guess how they're going to incorporate it into the into the land based learning for the kids. Yeah, for sure. It's such an interesting uh, it's such an interesting concept. This the idea, you know, and and fish fertilizer um, is also really good for for you know food production and growing vegetables in a greenhouse setting so it's it's such a complementary um yeah it's such a complementary thing so that's really neat and I'm also very jealous of your high school students who will get to like learn that throughout their you know their their days in high school it's really cool that they'll be able to interact with those projects um so Kelsey we talked about this a, a little bit uh earlier well before before the podcast here but um you know this podcast when we invite people on um you know it's around the topic of sustainability which is a really broad term um and you know it's used in different ways by different people and and it's sort of a yeah it's it's a bit of an overused term and so as a part of this po- podcast we're kind of wanting to have a have it almost be a a evolving definition of the term sustainability so i i'm just curious if if you wouldn't mind chatting a little bit about um you know your understanding of the term sustainability you know both from your 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 role as a as a land technician and you know um the idea of it from from a mr wasis meheyoak perspective and your cultural perspective um yeah i'm just curious if you could share a bit of your thoughts around the term sustainability and maybe some of the things um, you know, that Mr. Wasis is doing in, in that, um, in that area. 
I guess uh, sustainability to me is uh, looking at future generations and imagining what kind of world I would like to leave them. And with that being said, I guess my work in lands allows me to help set up protections or either to help mitigate the harm to the environment is kind of uh, is is kind of good in uh, in how I want to leave this world because if I can set up uh, certain protections or uh, I guess uh, leave as much I guess uh, leave as I guess as little damages to the lands as we can that would be uh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, for Mr. Wass's sustainability, to me, on Mr. Wass's is, I guess, protecting our resources because uh, one of our main resources on Mr. Wass's is our lands because we are generally an agriculturing, agriculturing uh, reserve. Mm-hmm. So we do have a lot of sections of land that are uh, cultivated for uh, the farmers in the area that they farm. Uh, we don't have any uh, First Nations who farm on our land. So when we're drafting up these permits or leases, uh, we have to include certain, uh, I guess, clauses within them to, uh, so that they don't, uh, so that they, I guess, what's the term, farm it in a husband-like manner is what they would say. Mm-hmm. So pretty much take care of the land like you would take care of your own. Mm-hmm. And there's other clauses in there in terms of uh, for cropping because uh, there's lots of different kind of diseases you can get from overcropping or if you crop too much canola. There's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of different stuff that we would like to I guess make sure lands are the most productive as they can be for future generations and hopefully down the line that we will become uh, I guess. Uh, a farming First Nation, one that where we actually have our own, I guess our own members or our own First Nation farming the land so we can have more of a benefit in those resources. Right, right. Yeah, that was actually my my next question. And you kind of, uh, you beat me to it there. But yeah, I wasn't sure if if that was something like if Mr. Wasis was operating as a, um, you know, a farming operation or, or if it was currently uh, leased out. So, um, so you answered that question. Um, is there a, a plan or, or is there sort of an idea of, of moving forward and, and how that approach would, would go in terms of um, doing some of, of like having, you know, the First Nation itself um, manage those lands from an, from an agriculture perspective, like also farming them? Um. It would be nice to have that, um, but as like anybody can tell you, um, starting up farming is no easy feat. Uh, there, are, uh, there are quite a bit of uh, cost involved uh, in getting up, uh, in starting the farming. And uh, right now, Bistol Wasis, we don't have those, uh, uh, we don't have those resources in order for us to be farming on ourselves. But it's something that we're definitely looking forward to in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I I grew up, um, yeah, I grew up in a farming family, and it's interesting that the this generation, my generation, our generation, um, you know, there's fewer and fewer farmers because it's not, um, yeah, it's expensive, like to to have the equipment and and manage things, and um, it's definitely no easy feat, as as you said. So um, yeah, something that takes some time and some planning and. So I'm sure I'm sure you guys will get there. Um, it just yeah, it's a it's a lot. I know for sure. So I know that there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, to do with farming, and uh, 
I know it's, it's, it's come a long way. And I guess a lot of people don't really understand the fundamentals of farming, like how it actually, like how it actually goes, because now it's become such a big operation that it's uh, like the knowledge of farming is not, is not tied to uh, one person. It's across multiple different uh, workers who do certain parts of it. And uh, I find that nowadays there's a, I guess how how the farming actually works is a is a big hurdle because you have different people who have different specialties within within the farming. So that's another thing. Like it's kind of hard to get somebody who understands the whole process of it. And because the then because of the um, because of the I guess the hurdle to get into it, um, there's not a lot of uh, interest within uh, the younger generation too to get into farming and it's such a it's such a shame because we do have a lot of land but there's a lack of interest and lack of resources in order to for us as a first nation to get involved in yeah and that's something yeah. that i really hope changes yeah i hope so too honestly and and as someone who you know <laughs> is working towards kind of some small scale farming on our own place here it's interesting how as things have shifted, um, you know, it, it's, it's very much catered towards the, the very large, um, you know, large equipment, big technology, all of this kind of stuff in, in the farming practices, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons, obviously, but one of the cons is that the learning curve became a whole lot steeper. <laughs> um, and <Yes>. so <laughs> some of it is having to some of it, I, th I think, and this is, you know, my personal opinion here, but some of it, I think, too, is kind of taking ourselves a step back in, in a lot of ways and, and starting with some of those older or more traditional farming practices where, you know, things are a little bit more small scale. And obviously, you're not, your production isn't huge and anything like that. But the the learning kind of has to start small before you can step into those bigger, mm -hmm. bigger shoes, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, and one one other question that I had for you, Kelsey. So you talked about land, um, you know, some of the land protection or you know environmental measures from a from a land code perspective, and and how you guys determine you know what the land is going to be used for. I'm I'm curious about that. Um, you know, when you think about the lands and and protecting some of the lands um, within Mistawasis, um, what does that look like and and you know what is the process of determining what lands are protected and what lands um are for you know development um right now we are in the final stages of uh developing our environmental management plan our emp mm -hmm. so within our emp it uh, it lays out what kind of uh, what kind of protections that we want for uh for certain parcels of land say for instance for farming in our emp we have uh we have certain we have certain clauses within our emp regarding like what kind of uh what kind of herbicides can be used what uh, what kind of uh i guess uh, uh crop rotation that we would like to be that we that we would like to see that uh, we work with the farmers in developing uh crop rotations because we don't want them double cropping let, mm -hmm. Like I said, like that's one of the big things is that we want it to uh, keep the soil, we want to keep the land uh, as uh, as healthy as it can. And one of the better ways to do it is uh, ro uh, crop rotations. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But also um, within our EMP, um, it works together with our land use plan uh, to, I guess, uh, single out the to single out different parcels of land that we would need protecting. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example here, but it's uh, eluding me. No, that that's okay. So. That's yeah, that's helpful. I was just sort of curious about that. Yeah, that process, and I'm I. I wasn't sure if there was sort of particular lands throughout um, Mr. Wasis lands that are sort of set aside. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of set aside for, um, you know, hunting and, and that type of thing and, and sort of how all that played together. But I think it's, yeah. it's really, it's really interesting that you're, you know, you talk a lot about the agriculture side and, um, you know, you guys, vegan FNLM band, being able to sort of say that, you know, yes, we want to lease out this land and we want it to be farmed. However, here's the way in which, you know, we want it to be farmed. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, within our um, land use land, we do have our, uh, I guess, our tra- uh, alongside that, we have a traditional land use study that was done. So within our traditional land use study, it identifies certain areas, uh, not just on the reserve, but within our traditional area that where we used to hunt and fish. So that goes all across uh, Saskatchewan and uh, into Alberta. Um, that's also another plan that we use. Um, we we just finished that one too here uh, within the past year. And our traditional land use plan is, uh, I guess, it gives a... Uh, the history as well of uh, Mr. Wasses and the areas that we used to hunt uh, that go uh, way beyond our uh, our reserve boundaries. Mm-hmm. And within our land use plan, we also have our on-reserve uh, uh, traditional lands that we have, uh, as you said, set aside for uh, those purposes, as well as uh, uh, we, ha- we do have adjacent to our reserve. Our main reserve is uh, 6,000 acres of uh, forest area. Uh, we call that Mr. Wasses 103D, as it was uh, an addition to reserve. And there is, uh, that's pretty much set aside for, uh, I guess, hunting, fishing. There are uh, lakes on there. Uh, we do have a few people who do hunt on the land. So mm-hmm. that's always good. Um, it's kind of just, it's pretty much just trails out there. Uh, some vehicle trails and uh, a lot of uh, walking trails. We do have a lot of... Uh, I guess activity in the back there with the animals because we are so close to the uh, well, we are so close to the forest, mm-hmm. being where we're located. Yeah, for sure. I think we're uh, well, we're we're kind of we're not quite neighbors, but I I don't live too far away um, from where you where you live. I'm a little further south, so it's sort of like the parkland area, I guess, where the agricultural land transitions to forest, but it's incredible um, how diverse the wildlife is in, in this region because of that. Like there's the animals that obviously uh, the wildlife that's very prominent in the, in the croplands in the agriculture lands and the flatlands. And then there's also the, the wildlife species that are really forest species and they sort of all kind of interconnect in this uh, transition zone. And it's, it's really neat to, to see it all. I'm not from this area. This isn't my 
my home and, and only moved here, uh, you know, four years ago or five years ago now. And so it's really, it's been really special, like seeing the different wildlife and just the, the abundance of species that are, that are located here. So, yeah. 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 The, the number of animals that are around here are, they're, they're quite substantial. Uh, I noticed that um, uh, we do have a lot of animals coming further south now. Uh, we did have a cougar, cougar sighting here this past week, as well as uh, there's been numerous sightings of bears. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think about it, uh, yeah, we're like, we're, we're in that area where they just kind of make it out of the forest looking for more, I guess, I guess looking for more food on their perspective. Uh, but also it's like, you don't really see them too much out in the, I guess, out in the prairie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And they do like the lakes and yeah, no, I'm um, just the, the topography of Mr. Wasses is just nice. We do have our we do kind of just have a little bit of everything here on Mr. Wasses. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area and beautiful region. And I feel like um, you know, there's lots of areas of the province that have just the prairie and, and, you know, the flat croplands. And then obviously there's a ton of the province that has, uh, you know, is entirely forested, but this region is, uh, I believe, I feel really special for that because it sort of has a little bit of everything. So yeah, it's really neat. Um, so Kelsey, just as a way to, to maybe leave us off, you, you know, you talked about a few projects and, and things like that and, and shared a lot. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, just as a way to, to leave us off, I'm, I'm wondering if you can just share with us, um, yeah, what, what you're looking forward to coming up and what you're looking forward to in terms of projects or, or things that are on the, the go for you at the moment. Uh, things that are on the go right now, because um, COVID was kind of uh, kind of slowed a lot of things down. So a lot of uh, funding that we anticipated to be coming kind of got uh, kind of got pushed aside right now. So we're looking uh, at finishing up our environmental management plan, and then uh, hopefully uh, passing some laws uh, that will enable us to enforce uh, enforce uh, some more protections on our lands. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to, and. Uh, I guess there's just a, there's just there's just quite a bit that's going on on the Mr. Wasses in terms of development. Um, we do have a lot of our uh, additions to reserves. Um, I know um, our 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 economic development uh, firm, um, Mr. Wasses Ventures, mm -hmm. uh, which is located um, in Saskatoon there, but they also have. Uh, some uh, head lease with some of our uh, additions to reserve and one of the developments that they have is uh is uh, we call it the uh, the the lucier property on uh, mr wasses it's 103 i think it's 103 a which was one of our first purchases uh when we went under specific land claims and uh, we have a gas station on there it's just along uh just along i think it's highway 40 the one that mm -hmm. goes through uh blaine lake and uh shelbrook Mm -hmm. I don't know where else it goes. That's kind of what I know it as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the one. There's a solar. You guys have a solar project there as well, right? Solar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that, that's what we're looking at getting into is um, uh, another. Uh, oh, I guess we can. I, I, I can bring up our uh, our uh, our camp, our cultural camp. Um, it's called uh, Camp uh, Camp Big Child. Uh, Mr. Wasses is... is 
Biswasis, I guess his name uh, stands for uh, Big Child. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the name of our camp. And uh, we're looking at getting uh, 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 solar, having it completely off grid. We have a smaller solar setup there right now. But right now we're building a cabin, which is just about near completion. And we're looking at getting uh, some funding for the, like a have, have a big solar farm to have everything at the cabin there off grid. And it's just, that's one of our uh, main things right now. We're also looking at getting a, uh, a community park going when, within our main core, mm-hmm. uh, right next to the school there. So we're looking at getting uh, possibly some ball diamonds there, uh, setting up another uh, outdoor rink, um, possibly a community garden within that area. Uh, just kind of a, a space for everybody to space for everybody to utilize and to go and uh, hang out. I guess that that's something that I've noticed on like growing up here on Mr. Wasses is that you don't see a lot of uh, you don't see a lot of kids anymore kind of uh, biking around and going from place to place because I remember I remember uh, like not having a phone growing up and just going over to my friend's house just to see if they were home and if they weren't home well you move on to the next one <laughs> yeah. and now like even my even my son he has a he has a phone and so he just he 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 texts now so there's no like I guess there there there's no adventure <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah for sure and those outdoor spaces right like I think about my childhood as well and very similarly obviously there's no texting um and you know exactly as you say you just got on your bike and went and found someone to hang out with and then yeah. went and found somewhere to build a fort or whatever um yeah, yeah and so that's it's nice those those community spaces that are also outdoor open air accessible places are just yeah, yeah they're important for youth but but really for for everyone right like those outdoor gathering gathering spaces especially yeah. you know post covid i think as we're sort of we're probably it's probably going to take some readjustment to get you getting used to being around groups of people again and so having some spaces to do that in in the outdoors I think will be will be really good so that's awesome yeah yeah and that's uh yeah and that's also something I'd like for my uh for my children I do have uh two boys and uh one along the way here uh to be due in June uh don't know what the gender is of the baby but um, yeah. what I'd like to say is that the like say is that uh, uh the growing up that I had um growing up on the reserve is a lot different from growing up in different areas uh being in a rural setting a town or i guess a city because um mr Wass is it kind of doesn't have any boundaries so if you wanted to go to a certain place if you wanted to go to the lake if you wanted to go for a bike ride there was no there was no, no, you can't go here. If you wanted to go pl- out and play in a field, you could essentially just go. And that's, I guess, the kind of freedom that I I would like to leave for my children as well, to just be able to go out there and explore. Because I think that's uh, that's one of the best ways for, uh, for education is uh, not just to be sitting there and uh, to learn in a school, but to actually be outside and to learn uh, to, to, to learn from the land. I know as my uh, father always told me, he was, uh, uh, take care of the land and the land will take care of you. Yeah. And that's something that I've always, that I've always uh, taken to heart. And that's kind of how I, how, uh, I guess, 
deal with my day-to-day dealings at the office is have that in mind Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the land is always going to be here and uh you know take your time because um quick changes can really affect can, can, can affect the land for years down the road so it's best to Take your time and to do the studies you need because there's because the, there's there's no going back from from doing something. Um, the best we can do is to help mitigate any kind of uh, harm that we do that we do to the land. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that, Kelsey. I think that's such a beautiful way to to finish off that that exactly that quote that you just said is you know from your from your father, take care of the land and the land will take care of you. I think that's something we, we all should be a little more connected to than we are. And it's easy to get caught up in, in the day-to-day rush and the, the stress of jobs and the busyness of life. And I think it's good to, to reconnect with that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for that reminder. And, and thanks, Kelsey, for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk to you soon. And I'm excited to hear about all the project updates as, as a lot of these things move forward. Yeah, no, it'd be nice. Uh, I'll let you, I'll keep you updated on the, I guess the fish farm that we're having or solar. Uh, we're doing a lot of outdoors, uh, outdoor projects here in Mistawasa's uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, sustainability. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'm excited about the fish. I'm really curious about that. <laughs> me too. Me too. I was going to say not to be not to be pushy or anything, but um, you know, as things move forward, if there's an opportunity for me to come out for a tour, I'd sure I'd sure love to to see it and see some of the different things you guys are working on. So yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Kelsey. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Sustainable Stories podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Jenna Inglot, as well as Roxanne Wagner from Sage Sustainable Solutions Consulting. For a full list of episodes, as well as more information about Sage, check us out online at sagesustainable.com. And as always, we welcome your feedback, thoughts, and suggestions. Catch you next time.